Hey, if you're an actor at the start of your career, or if you're an actor who hasn't started at all, no judgment. But I do want you to know that it has never been a better time to get started with Backstage. Just go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code word envelope at checkout for a 30-day free trial. That's 30 whole days you can browse through thousands of casting notices from thousands of filmmakers, producers, casting directors, all looking for talent just like you. Make a profile, upload a headshot, find out what kind of projects you want to be a part of. Backstage is where you book that very first role. It's also where you book that second role, and then that third role, and then you keep booking roles all the way up until you win that Oscar. And then you can come join me here on In the Envelope. We love a full circle moment here at Backstage. But first, you gotta subscribe. And again, that's 30 days free if you use the code word envelope at checkout. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, envelope, 30 days free, get those roles. And I'll see you back here when I interview you when you win an Oscar. And not wait. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. You gotta fall in love with acting. We talked about it before. If you think this is something you want to do, seek out acting in any way you can, whether that's auditioning for local theater or doing improv classes. Just do as much as you can to see if it's something that you really love. Because if it's not, there are other ways you can get into this industry without that being part of it, because it's hard and you gotta love it. Because if you don't, then what's the point? Welcome to another new episode of In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I am your host, Backstage Senior Editor, Vinny Mancuso, and joining us today is a very familiar voice, the one and only Yuri Lowenthal. Now, even if you don't know the name, you have almost definitely heard the man if you've picked up a video game controller in the last two decades or so, starting with his breakout video game voice role in 2003's Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Yuri has racked up more than 200 credits in the industry. Uh, Eurogamer famously dubbed him the man you've killed the most. But he's probably best known, uh, not as someone you've killed, but as one of the most beloved superheroes of all time. Yes, Peter Parker himself, the titular web-slinger of Sony and Insomniac's Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4. And Yuri will return very soon to the role for the PS5 follow-up Spider-Man 2 along with Naji Peter as Miles Morales, Laura Bailey as Mary Jane Watson, uh, none other than Tony Todd as Venom. This is a great chat, uh, of course about Spider-Man, but not only for fans of Spider-Man, for people excited for the game, but for anyone who has ever been curious about breaking in, and thriving and auditioning, the ups and downs, and even the day-to-day -day of being a video game voice actor. Well, let's get right into it. Here is Yuri Lowenthal. 
Yuri, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here. It's going all right. Thanks. It's it's been it's been a little while since I've done one of these. I'm kind of excited. Well, I'm glad to have you here. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, I do want to tell you just right off the bat. Um, when I I moved to California in 2018, uh -huh. uh, and I didn't know a single person when I moved to California, uh, uh -huh. and it was right around when Spider-Man came out for the PS4. Yep. Yeah, 2018. So I, that was the... I, my, my first few months in California were, were, were me and Spider-Man, <laughs> to say uh, the least. So, so very it's like appreciative we... of that. Oh, you're so welcome. So it's like we have hung out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. In a, in a I, it, was this, it was this thing where like I missed New York so much. I was literally just swinging around. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing missions. I wasn't playing the story. I was just like, ah, oh, look at all these buildings. You know, I, t I told them, I said, you should have a setting. I said, the, the, the web slinging is so good on this that, and it, it feels so good that you should just have like, where you can just flip on tourist mode. Yes. And just no missions, no, you know, anything, just, just swinging around the city. Sightseeing. I mean, there's, yeah. there's the whole Sightseeing mode. taking, taking yeah. photos. I was just going around. I was like, oh, I know this street, uh, which we you know sounds in hindsight, a little depressing, but at the time, at the time, uh, I was like, I yeah. was just so homesick. I was just like, this is New York to me. So I, I appreciate it. you uh, keeping me company. You're you're so very welcome. I'm, I'm glad uh, you found it at the right time. Um, and uh, and you know, when I first came out here, uh, many more years before you did, <laughs> uh, I uh, let's see, sixteen more years before you did, I was homesick too and didn't have Spider Man. <laughs> you didn't have Spider Man when you needed Spider Man <laughs> yeah. most. Exactly. Um, how is that? I mean, you're in California now. I know that California is going through a, a heck of a time right now with uh, the yeah. weather. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's the weather and there's also the very strange time for the industry. Uh, so I yeah. hope that you're uh, yeah. navigating it all well. We are. Yeah, we're, we're doing our, our best. And it's not the royal we. I, I often include Tara in uh, in, in everything. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing our best. Um, you know, thankfully for, you know, where the where the strike is, uh, interactive has not yet been effective. We've been in negotiations on our contract for for a long time, but we had I guess we've got, you know, an interim contract in place and um, we're just sort of, you know, but we expect we, ex you know, we're all fighting for the same things mm -hmm. and we expect that um, this won't last forever either. And if, if they haven't uh, agreed to things, we'll we will we will go on strike as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Unless unless we can all work it out. Which I'm I'm also looking forward. That's the that's that's what we're hoping to do. Yeah, I mean, look, the the plans are in place, but the the goal is for everyone to just work it out and get back to it and, exactly. and keep working. Exactly. Um, so I'm very excited. You know, we have Spider Man too. We have all of that to talk about. But I would love to also go back to the beginning to sort of chart the road to Spider Man. Um, I know that you took some theater classes at William and Mary, and mm -hmm. you also spent a lot of time in New York doing yeah. theater. So I'm curious, you know. When you think about that time, that early time, that theater training, the theater work, what about that is still the most helpful now as a video game voice actor? Man, all of it. And I will also go back and say, yeah, when I was first in New York, I mean, you know, backstage has been a part of my acting career, you know, yeah, you since love the to beginning. I, well, I, I wanted to mention it at the top because I don't read it as often as I used to when I was first starting oh, out. And, uh, but I remember, you know, going to backstage, getting the, you know, the physical edition, because that's uh, how old I am. And um, do they still print physical editions? We do still have a physical magazine. Uh, it okay. is not as uh, widespread as it used to be when gotcha. it was a, sure. uh, you know, the periodical, but it, it exists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it exists somewhere. Anyway, that's where I got all my auditions back in the day. And uh, my very first uh, theater audition in New York uh, that I auditioned for was from backstage. Uh, nice. But 
Uh, but yeah, I consider the the years that I did theater in New York as like my grad school in a way. I never went to grad school for acting, but I did a lot of you know experimental black box theater you know on the lower east side in you know tiny little theaters where more often than not there were more people on stage than there were in the audience we used to have this joke where uh theater in in new york like off off broadway theater would would never make any money because the same and i I had a joke that i wanted to start marking bills to see because it seemed like the same twenty dollars would get passed around or twelve dollars or whatever, you know, seven dollars. Yeah, shuffling from theater to theater, you know, because we Absolutely. would we would the money we would make we would go and see other shows around uh, around town. But that's yeah, that's what I consider my my unofficial grad school. I just doing you know a lot of theater, uh, a lot of different things. Um, it it really you know helped me learn to 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 make decisions quickly and think on the fly and. Uh, you know, quickly adjust to rapidly changing situations. And these are all things that I that I still do and still use on a daily basis uh, in, well, in life, but also, you know, for, you know, in, the, in the, the, my end of the industry that I sort of settled into, which is, you know, while I still do, you know, live performance and theater, I haven't, I haven't done a play in, in a few years now because it's hard to uh, to have a, to be taking care of a small child and, yeah. you know, some, somehow, you know, it'd be okay to, you know, take six weeks for rehearsals and stuff like that um, and not be there at bedtime. But uh, while, while I still am involved in, uh, in theater and, you know, film and TV, most of my time is spent and certainly my, my career has, you know, led to a, a great place in uh, uh, voice acting for, for animation and video games and, but I have found when, you know, in talking to a lot of other people who are in this industry and who've been in this industry for a while uh, and successful, a lot of them do come from, you know, they, a lot of them have theater backgrounds. Yeah. You get, you know, you, there, I mean, it is also very exciting to see how many people, I mean, everybody follows a different path mm-hmm. to get to voice acting. I found it's more than anywhere else. I'm like, wow, everybody really has their own wake. And a lot of people will say, well, how'd you do it? I want to do it like you. And I'm like, you can't. Nobody can do it like anybody else, I've found. Exactly. But one of the things that I have found in common with a lot of the people uh, that I work with in this this business is, you know, theater training, you know, doing plays before they ever got into this end of the business. Um, And it's uh, so, so I can't, I certainly can't deny the, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the effect that that had and the the importance that that uh, carries. It's interesting because I talk to a lot, you know, I've talked to every kind of actor and there is a common thing of like, oh, you know, theater was a foundation. Theater was, yeah. there's something about live theater that sort of just sets you up. I think it's maybe just it yeah. sets you up for, to be ready for anything because you kind of have to be ready for anything. Yeah. It, um, I mean, it's, it's the greatest training in it, you know, it, and you know, so much of what we do in, in voice acting is pulling words off, off a page and um, having to make sense of them very quickly and uh, make decisions very quickly. Uh, because often, more often than I'd like to believe and that anyone probably would believe, we, when I show up for a job, they haven't sent me the script until I show up. <laughs> you know, a lot of these jobs, they're like, they're afraid for that the script will get out or mm-hmm. whatever, or they'll still be tinkering till the very end. And so I'll show up and they'll expect me to have done my work and be, you know, ready to go right off the bat and I'm only looking at the script right now. Mm-hmm. That that happens less and less because I think you know the industry is learning that if you get the scripts to actors in Practice advance, some <laughs> exactly some of them will read them and uh, you know you will have to answer fewer questions and we can get to the business of the business uh, you know quicker. But yeah, um, 
theater, you know, informs, I think has informed so much of uh, the way I do things. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that it really does, like if you've been in the theater, you you have definitely found a love for acting. I know some people are like, I want to be a voice actor. I do lots of crazy voices and my friends say I have a cool voice. I want to be a voice actor. I'm like, that's cool. That's good to have. But I need you to fall in love with acting. <laughs> um, I just need you to do it. And the theater is the best place to do that. And you have to fall in love with acting because a lot of the time you're not going to be paid to do it. So there's got to be a reason for you to keep going, especially in the beginning. You're not going to get paid to do it. Um, so the love is is what has to carry you through and and I, you know i developed my my love and i think a lot of people do you know in in the theater a love for acting and performing and storytelling and just you know that that weird you know fucked up family that we are yeah yeah is before you got into you know voice acting were you aware of your voice as a tool like were you using you know your 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 voice and your abilities with your voice as a character creation thing before you got into voiceover is that something that you sort of developed because of the voice acting? I mean, on one hand, yes, because I always loved doing dialects. And, you know, I grew up watching Monty Python and, you know, mm -hmm. foreign films and, um, you know, learning foreign languages just because of my background and my dad working for, for the State Department and us traveling uh, and living abroad. But I honestly, I hated my voice until... I got into voice acting. Like I always, you know, you listen to your voice and you hate, you know, when you, when you listen to it on the, on a, oh, know, I know very voicemail well. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you hate you. You're like, Oh God, I can't believe I sound like that. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I sound like a little kid. And that, I, I mean, that's not, that's not, you know, a good voice for voice acting. Like you need to sound like a hero for voice acting or whatever. Um, but as I got into it, I found that there's a benefit to being older, but still sounding young. And uh, it really opened up, you know, in a way that, and one of the things that I love so much about voice acting is the field is so much more open for the types of characters I can play because you're not taking this, my face, you know, into consideration. You know, when I'm auditioning for, for theater, or film or TV, you know, I play this guy. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, I'm not... You know, I'm not Eddie Murphy. I can't just put on, you know, eight, you know, you know, inches of makeup and do whatever I want to. I'm this guy, whether you like it or not. And and I'm not, you know, Christian Bale. I don't, you know, don't, you know change my massive body, you know, completely. Yeah. yeah, massive transformations. I'm, you know, I've never been a, you know, a chameleon type of actor. Um, and voice acting allowed me to to play all these different kinds of. If I could sound like it, if I could get my voice to sound a certain way. If I could have, you know, affect my voice in a way that led to a, a character that, that wasn't something that I looked like, I could be up for that role. I could potentially play that role and would sometimes play that role. So it's been hugely empowering. I mean, you know, us as, you know, as, as actors, we we feel so very little power um, in this whole process and, and, and what we do and uh, getting any of that is huge. And I think we we get more of that in in voice acting because it's not about what we look like. It's it's interesting that you say, you know, you've never been a, a chameleon actor, but, you know, it, it's almost like you have been. It's just with your voice. <laughs> it's it's sort of like an audio. I mean, I, I was yeah. looking through, like, your, your entire career. You're very pro prolific. I think there's more than 200 video games. Um, I I really loved this 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 article from I think it was 2013 Eurogamer called you the man you've killed the most. Oh, yeah, I love it's the greatest title of any article that's ever been written that I was a part of. Yes, I, yeah. I love that. I, I'm just I just when you when you sort of you know think about 
the trajectory of, of your career, you know, how, mm. what sort of stands out to you as your your niche or your like where you fit in in terms of like what kind of jobs you're doing or is it yeah does it really just depend um i mean i think i think an argument could be made that young heroes is something that i've gotten to do a lot of you know i've i've you know growing up a you know a comic book nerd and a movie nerd and a animation guy like you know a fan before i got into this to you know to get to play Superman and Spider-Man and He-Man and Ben 10 and you know characters like that is I mean it, there's no other way around it's a it's a dream come true it's it, I still wake up in the morning and I'm and feel like this is all some sort of weird dream and I'm you know 20 years into this but yeah I mean I th I think I think I I've definitely there's there's been a you know a, a niche for me but the thing in this business is and it's it's kind of cool actually is you can't always play the lead. People get sick of you. <laughs> um, they want to move on, you know, to try something else. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're just not right for it, but you still want to be working. So luckily, especially in this business, there's a lot of, you know, side character work. I mean, you can't, not everybody can be the lead and you need to, you know, populate a, a game with lots and lots of people. So, so I've had, you know, great opportunities to, to play, you know, other characters, you know, side characters in, in so many different games. Sometimes you don't even know that I'm in the game. Um, although some people have, have said, I can always recognize your voice when you're, <laughs> you know, when I blow you up in the, you know, yeah. when I can set you on fire and, you know, uh, whatever. I, I, killed you a, know. I killed a demon and I, I heard you. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I love that. Um, I love that that's still there, you know, because you want to be a working actor. You don't want to just be known for something and then forgotten and nobody's ever going to cast you for anything ever again. You want to be working all the time. And it lets you play with things that you wouldn't normally be known for, uh, which makes it extra fun. Like you can try stuff like, you know, when I'm a Spider-Man, sure, I can try stuff, but but he's still got to be Peter Parker, you know? Yeah, he's still got to be Spider-Man. So, but when, when I'm playing, a you know, a, you know, Thug B or... The, the bartender, you know, or whatever, the drunk at the bar in Diablo, or, you know, whatever the thing is, that's when you can be like, oh, let me try something. And usually they're, they're, they're more likely to go, okay. Um, they, you know, don't always agree with me. And sometimes but we have to tone no it down, but fan base of Thug B to, to, uh, to exactly. Keep there's a lot less pressure, but it's, but it's great that that work is there and that work is still uh, rewarding and can, you know, keep me going till I do get another bigger role, you know, here or there because because you can't i don't care who you are you're, you're not always going to be you know that guy yeah i'm curious about the the logistics of auditioning as a as a voice actor especially as a video game voice mm -hmm. actor like what what is the process like to to maintain that level of you know working and working and working is there is it Again, does it depend on the job, or is there is there something that that goes into the the video game voice actor audition process? I you know a lot of imagination for sure. I've always been I've always been a fan of uh, imagination as your most important tool as an actor. Um, uh, taking risks, letting yourself come through as much as possible. I know you know we've all played a lot of video games now, and we think we know when we're reading a thing. We're like, I know what they want for this because this reminds me of those other things. Um, and it's a trap and, and you, you could sure you could do a take like that. You know, I'll always send in two takes or three if you're really obsessive. Try not to do more than three because they're 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 probably not going to get past that. 
And, and at that point, are you really doing, you know, some, yourself a favor? But I think letting yourself come through is, you know, and just being you um, as much as possible achieves a couple of things. One, and most importantly, it there's almost, there's no competition for that. If you look at it, you know, in that way, there's no competition. Nobody else can do what you do naturally. You know, everybody is different. Um, and so in, in a way, it should take the, the pressure off. And and two, I think that it helps, uh, you know, a casting director, you know, because you're going to be, you're, gonna, you're either going to be right for a thing or you're not going to be right for a thing. Um, you know, it goes with auditions for anything, but, you know, definitely for, for video game work. But if you, if you show them what you've got, you know, what you are naturally and you're having fun um, and making, you know, fun choices, I mean, not crazy. You don't have to always be like, you know, completely off the wall, crazy choices. But if you can show them that, you might not be right for that, but they'll be like, oh, you know, there was something really fun about that. They're not right for this, but I'm going to keep them in mind. Or, you know, next time that, you know, your your audition comes through, they're like, oh, I remember this person from the last time. So, so I think, I think that, you know, I, I, I still do my best to have fun because every now and then I will, I'll be, you know, I'm honest every now and then I'll, I'll be doing an audition and sometimes I'll have sent it off already. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I was tired. I was, I was bored. Yeah. I was, or I was not bored, Every, but you know, like an off day, you know, it's, yeah, it's work. It's exactly. Work. It's, 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 it's work. And some days you just don't want to do it. Um, but I find that when I have fun, it, it helps and use my imagination. It helps if I sit with the script, like I'm, I'm often, you know, tempted and sometimes I do, I'll be honest. I, you know, I get the script, I, you know, just give it a cursory look. And my first take is like first read through. But I've, you know, I found that if I can read it, if I just take the extra little time to read it in advance and think about it for a second, you know, even just to, 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 to get my brain to start making decisions, even though I'm not realizing it, you know, I'm thinking about where it's taking place, you know, who I'm talking to, where I've just come from, all of those basic sort of reporter who, what, where, when, why, you know, actory questions. It's a, it's a richer read. It, you know, it, it can't not be that. Um, so using your imagination and, and asking those questions a little bit before uh, going into it is something I try to do. And, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I don't, uh, but my reads are always better when I do. I love that. I, we were talking a little bit about this before we even started recording, but I, a, a lot of these, especially now, these, these auditions are from home. These are, these yeah. are not, I'm curious how you sort of cultivate a space, you know, for, for creativity and, you know, these, these strong choices when you're alone with your laptop, you know, you're, or you're alone with your microphone. How do you, how do you sort of find that space to, to be creative when Mm -hmm. you're not in the room and you're, you're just relying on you and your voice? It, it takes some tinkering. It takes some experimentation (laughs) for sure. The cool thing is, is that the technology is, is at a point these days where anybody can do it from home and you don't have to spend a lot of money and you probably already have half the things that that you need to you know put together a space and a lot of people obsess over well what microphone should i use and what this and i'm like spend less time on that and more time about you know cultivating that space you need a space you can focus you need a space that you've experimented with so that you know sounds right and that takes time you got to practice a lot until it sounds right you got to move things around and you've got to soften corners or hang, you know, ferny pads or whatever, or get get in a closet. I mean, you know, first 10 years of my career uh, was in a closet, you know, 
Yuri, I'm I am in a closet right now. This is <laughs> see. <laughs> I Perfect. record uh, in the envelope. The actors podcast surrounded by shirts. Uh, so if anybody wants a tip, hang shirts around you. Hang, hanging shirts is the best baffling. Um, and in fact, I will tell you this: when I finally, after you know, 10, 12 years of recording in the closet, I was like, you know what? Well, two things happened. One. Tara and I had a had a son mm-hmm. and the, the closet was right next to his room. And I'm like, this is not going to last. And I can't ask him to stop crying uh, so I can do auditions. And you know what? I've earned it. I'm going to get one of those professional booths like the one behind me right here. That's the one I'm going to I'm going to pay money and it's going to be worth it. And and I'm and everything's going to be so much better. And you know, I spent several thousand dollars on a booth and I got in there and I had a client that I had already been working with from the closet, a regular client for, for promos. I was doing promos for, for ABC for, for some of the, their sitcoms. And I got in my fancy new booth and I did my first session with them. And they said, why does everything sound terrible? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, did I just waste all this money? Yeah. <laughs> um, what is going on? I just, this, this is a professional booth. You have to you have to tinker with that too. Zhuzh you have to tune it. You have to zhuzh it. You have to get it right. You have to learn what mics work well in there and what to to sort of tune. And that and that takes time too. But but anybody can do it these days. And and I and I do love that. And yeah, you know it's it saved all our butts for for all of us who had you know sort of put some of that work in when the pandemic hit. Um, not only were we sending auditions from home, but now clients were like, uh, we need you to record you know professionally from home. Can you do that? And thankfully. You know, I was I was in that place, but anybody can do it, and it doesn't take, you know, the booth that costs several thousand dollars. So, so you've got to sort of, you know, build that space for yourself. Um, you got to you're going to want to feel comfortable there. I know every now and then I'll 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 be traveling and I'll have like a little travel setup, and I'll be super uncomfortable. I'll be like on a pillow, you know, on my knees in front of a couch with my laptop, and I'm like, thank God I don't have to do this all the time. But <laughs> so you so you want it to be you want it to be a comfortable space that you can play in. And you don't feel like oh, I just want to get this done and over with. So it's it's got it's got to be comfy. It's got to sound good. But luckily, most people, I think, you know, in most situations, can probably put something like that together, which is great because you didn't used to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to assume that there was uh, a few extra steps or a few extra parts of the process when you were um, auditioning to be Spider-Man to to become Peter Parker for the. What was the 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 immediate road? to Spider-Man for you. Um, how did this oh, come man. about? And what was what was that audition <laughs> process like compared to, you know, other stuff you've done? I'll tell you what, it was very twisty. Um, <laughs> but there, there were many, many, many different things. First, I had, I had worked with Insomniac before on a couple of games. And I had just done a game with them uh, called Sunset Overdrive. And so when they were when Insomniac was auditioning to do the Spider-Man game, they had me and um, Brian Bloom record a scene. They they thought of they thought of us to come in and record, you know, a, a scene for for them to then go off and, and audition with. And that was four years before the the game came out. Um, I didn't hear anything, you know, back after that. Because it was it was their audition. Honestly, I got I got paid to do to help them out, and it wasn't really an audition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard that there were auditions, and I was, you know, part of that that field of auditions. What I didn't know at the time were two things: one, that they had already cast somebody and it didn't work out. Hmm. Um, 
was a as a TV person and um, apparently great actor, but you know just did not work for this type of thing. So they they went back to the drawing board, and I was not included in the list of people originally because there were some people on that side who said, well, he just did that Sunset Overdrive game for us. And that's not at all the character that we're looking for. And luckily, I had some some champions mm-hmm. over at Insomniac who were like, okay, but he's an actor. And I bet if we ask him to do something different than he did on that other completely different project, mm-hmm. we think we think he's right. We think he could we think he could do it. So they put my name in the mix and I was auditioning among, you know, all my, all my friends, a lot of people that I knew really well. And it was like any, any other, you know, audition. It was, you know, started out with a bunch of people and then we would get, you know, callbacks and then callbacks again, callbacks again. And they kept whittling it down until, you know, I, I don't know, uh, finally, by so the, <laughs> gra- the, gra- the great, right, exactly. The, by the grace of, you know, Excelsior, um, I, <laughs> And it was it was hard for me not to like as I said you know I'm a you know I'm a nerdy kid from way back like it was hard for me not to think about it too much because I'm like this is Spider Man <laughs> um, you have to think about it so I was nervous you know in that respect and then when I got it I actually got more nervous because I felt the weight of the mantle of you know this iconic character that I and so many other people loved so much like I spent. I spent the first portion of working on the game just terribly nervous that I was going to ruin Spider-Man for the next generation of gamers. And then what finally got me out of that headspace was everybody in Insomniac loved the game so much and everybody was such a fan, is such a fan of, you know, Spider-Man and telling the best possible. Yeah, I had to trust that there was a reason that they picked me and I had to trust that they weren't going to let me fail um, because they loved it too much so that helped me get out of my head mm-hmm. a little bit uh, but it was still it was hard you know until it came out honestly with the with the second one coming up <laughs> i'm i'm nervous all over again yeah. i'm well, like you did a good job the first time what if yeah I- <laughs> exactly but but i'm sure i'm gonna fail this time and you know i mean that you know imposter syndrome is real and um we have very fragile psyches you know among actors uh sometimes i don't know if it's just me i you know i but, I don't think but it yeah, is. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it, it was either. And, and you know, on one hand, it's terrible, and on the other hand, it keeps us uh, hopefully working hard and grounded. Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, yeah, because I, I do. You know, a lot of people sometimes say, "Well, now you're you're where you're at. Um, is it cool to just be able to relax?" I'm like, I can't relax. Relax. Um, I mean, <laughs> right? Exactly. A, you know, I love doing what I do, and it's hard to like not do it. Um, but people are like, oh, you, you, you don't have to audition anymore, do you? And I'm like, oh my God, I audition every day, multiple times a day, because, you know, there are plenty of other people who could do my job, um, who, who, who have just gotten in and they have, you know, that, that I just got started, uh, energy, you know, I got, I got to summon, you know, even, even more energy than I used to. Um, and it's, it's true. You know, I have, I have, I've built up a career. I've, there are, you know, roles that people have, uh, liked my work in and, there, there are certain jobs these days I know when I'm cast and then I do the job and then afterwards the producer is like, hey, by the way, I really like John Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, that's why I got this job. You know, like yeah. I, that that happens occasionally and I and I, I get it. Um, you like this game and, and that played a part. But I'm still, I still audition, you know, all the time and still only book, you know, 2% of the, the jobs that I audition for. Which is great, you know. Like, I've, like that's mm-hmm. a good. I mean, you know, as an actor, than, like that's a, if you're auditioning, yeah. And if you're auditioning, uh, 
you know, six times a day, you know, if you're lucky, just sending out auditions. I mean, that hundred auditions comes up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, no, I still, I, you know, I'm still nervous and terrified and suffer from imposter syndrome. So <laughs> if anybody's wondering if that goes away, I, I'm, you're going to have to ask somebody Bad else. Bad news for you. I, I am curious yeah. about the the character creation of it, because as you've, you've mentioned um, earlier, it's Spider-Man, you know, you're playing a yeah. Spider-Man, one of many. Um, but you are playing your Spider-Man. So as an as an actor, you know, they, they hired you because they, they thought you would make choices. What goes into that for you? How are you, how are you making um, this character yours through your voice when it is a character that has been played by dozens so of many, people? Yeah, and good people, too. Like yeah, people that absolutely. I, you know, I grew up with their performances or I've loved their performances. Um, I th- I mean, I think I would be... I think it'd be silly to think that the people who came before me, whose whose performances I love, uh, to think that they didn't have any sort of effect would, would be silly, you know, on my performance. But I, but I did not look to any one person's performance and go, that's, you know, I want to, I want to make sure I do that. I trusted that if I just did it my way, um, and it was good enough to get cast, that 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 would also that any 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 influence that I had from any of, of the other Spider-Mans who came before me would be just sort of subconscious and I would get to go with you know what comes from me naturally now obviously part of the process is working with a whole bunch of other people it's not like I can just come in and say here's how I want to do it like it was it was definitely a team effort and thank you know thankfully I mean you know the writing was so good <laughs> you know on that first game you know, as as actors, that's what we look for. We look for great writing because it makes our job so much easier and it makes us look great. Um, so I lucked out in that so much of the, you know, that the, the writing is great for that game. And it's always nice, you know, when that happens. I can relax a little bit when the, when the writing is great. I don't have to, you know, do less work for sure. Um, I brought what I bring naturally and then we talked about stuff and... You know, we talked about what who the who the Spider-Man was for this particular game. You know, this particular world. Uh, we didn't talk about other Spider-Mans. We talked about this story, and that I think you know helps me. I know I know you said that you know that that there there is a chameleonic nature to to my work, but I would I would argue that if you just listen to my voice uh, from character to character. Uh, I don't change my voice a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little younger, a little older, but I'm not like a like a Nolan North who mm-hmm. sometimes you don't use like sometimes you know Nolan's in the game because you know because Uncharted. But most of the time, Nolan's in the game and you never even know it because he can he can really change. And and I would argue that most of the time I don't do that, but I trust the writing to do it for me. It's a different world. It's a different character. There are different stakes. It's uh. You know, everything is different from that last thing that I did where I sounded basically the same. So, you know, writing, writing is key to that. And, and then working together with, with the team, whoever the team, you know, might be, whether it's, you know, the writers and directors and producers, you know, however many people they include on that team and the performance director. There are so many different people in a game, you know, who have input on something. So as long as the lines of communication are great and it's, you know, not coming from each person individually and, you know, very confusing uh, for an actor. I I think it's, you know, the more people you can get, you know, 
working together to to create the performance with you, the, the better. As we sort of look to the next Spider you know, Spider Man Two, which is coming out soon, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's the which I can only comment on peripherally, but for, absolutely, for obvious we will not be spoiling yes. a thing here. Yes. Uh, so it's so I'll, close, it's so close, <laughs> you guys. Just, I don't know when this is scheduled to come out, but end of September, so you just got to wait like three more weeks. Oh my God! It's yeah, it's so <laughs> okay, so close. It's almost. So here. We are it's not gonna here, we are not gonna spoil a thing. No. I it, I am you know this this is more about your performance as Peter Parker. I, I'm curious, obviously, between games, you know, time has passed and the, the character has grown. As a, as a voice actor, I'm curious how you sort of approach um, playing a character a little differently. You know, how, how do you sort of add weight yeah. or time to your voice performance? Um, again, I would first go to the writing. Um, you know, it's, it's in the writing. Um, it's there. And and then I would go to naturally, you know, I mean, that was that game tw- came out in 2018. We started working on it in 2015. Yeah. So I almost don't have to do anything because I've Cause the aged. Time is there. Yeah. You know, the time is there, and I'm a father now, so I age faster. Um, so it's uh, so I've I've got that uh, benefit going for me. Yeah, that's that's also you know a team effort. I can think of, you know, I can think logically. Oh well, this many years has passed in the story and. If I was here and I sort of listened to, you know, a previous thing, maybe it should be here. But that's that's when I work with, for example, uh, Chris Zimmerman, the performance director, who is the performance director for the first game um, and for, for Miles and for the second game. We've known each other for a very long time and I trust her and she is very good at what she does. So I can relax knowing that somebody else is also watching out for those things so that she keeps me honest in a way uh, so that... Uh, if, if I'm off or, I'm, or if I'm feeling lazy that day or I'm feeling tired that day or if it's just been a while since the last session and I forgot where we left off, uh, someone is there to keep tabs on me. Um, and that is, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of the, the director's, the performance director's job is we come in sort of piecemeal, you know, but it all has to, you know, all the different actors in a game and so, you know, out of order and uh, things get changed, things get rewritten and it's very hard for us as actors to know exactly what's going on and where we are in the game and what happened last and luckily we've got a director like chris you know in for for this and like you know i work with a lot of great directors who have it all for you like they have it in their head and they can provide context and you know when you when you're doing a play it's different you know you're, you're all doing together you're doing rehearsals it's start at the beginning and you know go to the end you've got time to work things out but for a session, you know, like for Spider-Man or for, for any video game or for animation, you don't always have all the information. Uh, you haven't rehearsed it. It's not a sort of a linear thing. And the, the performance director is, is key to, to making sure, you know, it all, everybody's performance fits together when you're doing it. Is there, again, without going into detail about what you were doing, but do you, sure. do you remember your first day back in the booth? for Spider-Man 2? Do you remember your first day, you know, sort of, you know, day one of being Peter Parker again? Yeah. Um, And it was great. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I still can't believe that I get to do this. (laughs) Yeah. So, so when I was off between games, you know, on vacation, (laughs) um, I, I missed... I missed being Spider-Man. I mean, who doesn't miss being Spider-Man? Or who wouldn't miss, you know, being Spider-Man? 
so I was I was really excited and then nervous all over again, uh, getting back to it. But luckily, I'm working with the same team, and they knew what to do. <laughs> so, you know, we we were we all you know were were finding it again, and we were finding it sort of through the beginning of, you know, the game was all when we you know was like in the in the middle of the pandemic, and we were trying to figure out how to get to work, but in a different way in a more remote way. And a lot of a lot of the work for the game is on a motion capture stage, on a performance capture stage. So we do so all the cinematics we're performing like a like a play or like we're shooting a movie. And it was hard to figure out, you know, how we could get everybody together. And a lot of stuff sort of got done piecemeal in people's booths at home so they could get started on some of those things. Um, and then we ended up having to to re-record some of it just because you know to get it all unified. But you know, we struggled a little bit. You know, it's it's probably why you know you're getting the game, you know, now and not a year ago. You know, because we had to figure out how to work differently. And then once things sort of got you know smoothed out and we could get everybody on a stage together again, everybody felt safe. Then you know we were able to sort of get back to it. But uh, first day back was 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 glorious and and nerve wracking all at the same time. You you, men- you mentioned that you do a lot of the the sort of the cinematics on the stage. What is the the sort of ratio to to working with a scene partner to recording separately and and when you are recording separately is there anything that you do to sort of ensure the natural feel to it to to sort of make it you know not not is a general question but not sound like you're alone in in a recording In, in, in a room yeah yeah um yeah, it is interesting to see how sort of things have come full circle like I started in theater mm-hmm. and then I got, you know, into voice acting and then voice acting now includes in a lot of cases for for interactive for games time on a you know, a PCAP stage which is basically, you know, doing theater again. <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice and so going back to your, you know, your earlier question about uh how, you know, that training has informed it's it's been great because Nowadays, they're looking for actors who, you know, fit the fit the job, you know, as a voice actor, but could also come in and do, you know, do it like a, you know, use their whole body and face to do it like a, you know, like a play uh, to, to do that part of the character as well. So everybody, you know, everybody is is super talented, you know, in this in this field, all the people that I work with, all the other actors, um, they're really good at, you know, when, we, when we're together in a... Uh, in a, in a group record, like for, for like an episode of Ben 10 or something like the way we used to do is, you know, group record or when we were doing, you know, He-Man, the, the latest uh, He-Man that we did, it's so much fun and it's great and it's playing and it's, it's a lot of people together and you definitely get something different when everybody's in the room together. You can't deny it. But most of the people that I work with are talented enough to use their imaginations and their knowledge of other actors and, and working with a performance director to, to get that feel also from from recording just in a booth. It takes a little more effort, but things go a little faster too because you don't have a <laughs> bunch of actors in a room goofing off. I will tell you, it's more fun. It's great. I've, some of the best stories I've ever heard and and stuff that you'll never, you know, that'll never make it to, to, <laughs> to tape uh, or made it to tape and somebody's either burned or, uh, you yeah, know, put in a vault somewhere. somewhere for, yeah. Exactly, for blackmail material. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, you just you you sort of figure it out, and the again, you know, the performance director, the voice director will 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 keep you honest as well, because they can tell, you know, if if you're if you're not in it. Um, and I will say for you know for for Spider Man, you know, a lot of times you'd be on a stage, 
and they'll have to mic you differently because you're moving around. So when you're doing, you know, when you're on the PCAP stage, they might have, you know, uh, lav mics on you or a mic on your on your helmet. Uh, so you don't have to worry about staying, you know, in front of a microphone because you're, you're moving around. Um, and then when you get into the booth, sometimes they'll have you on a different mic. But a lot of games now will have the same mic, will have you mic'd the same way in the booth so that it sounds so that the sound is the same as oh, you know when you'd be on the stage so it's it's attached to you in in some way so that you can move around a little bit it's, i mean it's definitely freeing mm -hmm. uh, for your body but but i but i am also very uh, active behind a stationary mic uh, it, it it feels better and i and i feel i i perform better when it's when it's in my body so uh you can you have to still of course pay attention to where your your head is pointed but and that you're not knocking into things and you're stomping on the floor, but uh, but I the more I can get into my body, the better for sure. And the one the one part of specifically video game voice acting that I I find fascinating and that I just love would love to know the logistics of is the yeah. sort of non dialogue noises, <laughs> just the yeah the, the grunts, the falls. Like what is the yeah. the sheer day to day logistics of? Okay, you're coming in and you're gonna do the 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 punch, the the grunts, the stuff right. like that. That's something you got to get used to because there's a lot of it in video games and it's an animation, but but definitely video games. You spend a lot more time with the characters uh, moving around. Uh, so you need more of those efforts. Uh, and it's funny because I have seen um, on camera actors who are not used to sort of making those separately come into a into a booth and be very uncomfortable <laughs> with, you know, making grunting sounds. But you get used to it. And uh, it is it is a lot of what we do. You would think at this point that they would have kind of like banked enough that I wouldn't have to yeah. do them anymore. But but every every game sort of requires, you know, something slightly different or they'll, you know, they'll want it their own way or they'll need something very, you know, specific. But, you know, going back to that, you know, the man you've killed the most, man, I've, you know, so many death sounds and screaming sounds and, you know, for different types of injury, getting set on fire and drowning and falling from great heights and, you know, getting punched I find that if I use my imagination and get specific on it, uh, like where am I getting hit? How hard am I getting hit? If I can picture it in my head, it definitely affects it. Um, but I've done a lot of those over time. And, and I think it's also why they don't have uh, mirrors in the in booths, because <laughs> if you saw how ridiculous you looked in there, you wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. If I, if I, if I could ever see what I looked like when I'm doing this, I would probably quit immediately, <laughs> um, or at least become very, you know, much more inhibited. So just keep, um, keep mirrors out yeah. of all recording booths. Exactly, exactly. You don't want you don't want to, you don't want voice actors get self conscious. You know, in a, in a funny way, I think one of the things that helped me be comfortable with that was a background in martial arts, because you, you there's a lot of you know sounds. There's a lot of you know like in in martial arts, uh, and so. So I kind of, I kind of already had that a little bit in my body and I felt, you know, even just, you know, first getting into this, I felt a little freer making sounds like that. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to know how many other uh, actors with martial arts backgrounds have, have sort of encountered the, you know, the same thing um, or, you know, if it even plays a part. But uh, yeah, some, some actors are, are more comfortable with it and some, uh, some less so, but, uh, but it's definitely a, a huge part of what we do. Sometimes entire parts of sessions will be just getting those things or sometimes an entire session will be getting all the things that they need. They will often try to break it up or at least leave it to the the end of a session uh, because, you know, after you're screaming, like, you know, you've been 
you know, set on fire or, you know, working on like a Call of Duty type game where you're, you know, you have to do, you have to do the, your, your lines at several different levels, you know, like a, like you're sneaky, sneaky, you know, and then regular and then shouting over gunfire and mortars going off and things like that. You can only do that for so long before your voice gets trashed. I don't care who you are, which is why also sessions are, you know, like four hours and sometimes they'll limit it to two if it's, if they know it's going to all be vocally stressful. I, I do think, I do feel like they should have a bank somewhere, like a, the vast collection of the noises yeah. you've made, you know, like just, yeah. just go to like left arm, right arm, knee, like. Exactly. And yet, you know, and it goes to this whole sort of, you know, AI thing then um, that, you know, we're, we're working on. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of also in some parts would rather if, if they're just going to sort of take that from somewhere else, I'd, I'd kind of rather do it, do it again just and get paid for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So as we sort of, you know, uh, wrap up here a bit, and again, I, I just want to reiterate, we're not going to spoil anything, but I do want to know uh, just any anything about the work you did or didn't do if you were doing it separately with Tony Todd um, as, as Venom. Was there any opportunity there to uh, be in the same room or is it something like, you know, you'll have his his voice in your ear or something? What, what right. that we, was like? First off, Tony is the best. And I say that somebody now who's worked with him for a couple of times uh, for a couple of projects, but like as as a fan, like I, you know, I was a fan like many of us are of of Tony. Now I'm you know even even more so. Tony has a big uh, theater background and still continues to do theater yeah. regularly. Um, but uh, he and I had worked to, had just worked together before Spider Man Two on uh, uh, a show called Dota Dragon's Blood for Netflix, in which he sort of plays like this aggro side in my head and you know in a in a you know stunning turn of events you know a very prescient turn of events so we got to we got to work together you know on several occasions there we we were we were in the room you know a couple times together for that um really enjoyed working together and then so we were so excited when we got to do this again now i'll be honest most of our work we did separately for mm -hmm. this game just because of the the nature yeah. of it um but insomniac did feel that it was uh and, you know, and rightfully so, and I and I applaud them for this and pretty much everything, every decision that they make, that, you know, getting us together at least a few times uh, is, is beneficial to the process. And so we did, we did we spend some time on the PCAP stage together and uh, in the booth, but mostly we were recording separately, which is, which is also just sort of the nature of this. Um, but I, I can't say enough nice things about Tony. I mean, he's just, he's so cool and he's so talented and he's so, you know, giving as as an actor and and as a person so it was nice to you know to meet and get to work with somebody who who i already held in high regard and for them not to uh for me not to be suddenly disappointed and be like oh man i used to love this guy turns out he's <laughs> dick or you know whatever yeah. um so it was it was great to learn that not only is he as cool as you think he is but he's cooler <laughs> Well, it, I'm very excited to see the finished product, the way you work together in the game. Um, as we wrap up here, I do want to ask, and I, I know that we've even gone over that the fact that this, the answer to this question is kind of impossible, but if you did have a, a single piece of advice for somebody who wants to break into the video game voiceover sure. world, you know, it, it, it's there's a lot of paths, but if you had, if you had yeah. a piece of advice, what would it be? Let me let me say a couple of things, if I may. Please? One one would be you got to fall in love with acting. We talked about it before, so so find seek out acting. If if you think this is something you want to do, seek out acting in any way you can, whether that's 
doing, you know, auditioning for local theater or doing improv classes, or if you're in school, finding a, you know, a drama class or a theater class or trying out for plays at school, just do as much as you can to see if it's something that you really love. Because if it's not, there are going to be a, there are other ways you could get into this industry without that being part of it. Because it's hard, and you got to love it. Because if you don't, then what's the point? So seek out whatever opportunities to act. You know, even if it's not immediately voice acting, just any type of acting doesn't matter. Make make stupid movies with your friends. I don't care. You know, do a one a week thing where you guys get together and shoot sketches or make your short short films or feature films like i don't care you can do that nowadays like when i first started out you you really couldn't do that and then now we can so make stuff uh because you're not always going to get hired to like i just said you know anybody can do it these days and you're no, you're so rarely going to get hired to play exactly the role that you want to play you might as well make things you know tell the stories you want to tell on your own and you don't even have to show them to anybody if you don't want to but but you know i recommend that i you know make things and finish them it gives you a certain amount of uh, uh you know ownership and uh and and power that that you know that we normally don't have as actors where we normally just have to wait for somebody to say okay you can do it finally just just do it and don't worry about whether it's good and don't worry about if it's gonna you're gonna be the next youtube star or whatever i mean just 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 make things and something simple you can do every day and it, it seems overly simple but it's 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 great training for for what we do on a regular basis is read aloud every day just a little bit just five minutes you can read anything you can read a comic book you can read a you know medical text you can read a pamphlet you know that you find at the at the store just read aloud so much of what we do is getting that script seeing it for the first time and having to make decisions really quickly and pull the words off the page and make them sound natural and like we've been practicing them so just reading aloud every day, and it doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings, but I certainly recommend it because um, that's fun. So yeah, reading aloud every day, fall in love with acting, uh, make things and finish them. I think those those are, I think that that those those have certainly helped me. I can't I can't guarantee that's going to be your path, but um, but those things when I look back have certainly helped me. I love that. Well, Gary, again, thank you so much for being here. This was a pleasure, uh, and. Cannot wait for Spider-Man 2 and beyond whatever comes next. Yes. Soon. Soon. So soon. Soon. So soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vinny. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage. Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free. You simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope. And subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.